I'm Larry Hama, and you're listening to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Yo, Joe. The Real American Headcast is the code name for Aaron's daring, highly trained headcast. Its purpose? To podcast about G.I. Joe, Fighting Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Welcome back to this episode of G.I. Joe, A Real American Headcast. This time out, we finally present to you episode 24. I tried this a couple months ago. Audio difficulties came up, and I didn't get it recorded properly. It was just me and Brad. Uh, maybe it was the fates, the, the, the gods of G.I. Joe telling me I need to have the game with me to record this episode. I don't know what it is. But... It, it was the fatal fluffies. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. But but I got the guys back on, so we're going to try this once again. So joining me today, as usual, we have Mr. Pat Sampson, a.k.a. Peppy Pat, a.k.a. Christatos. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? Glad to be here. Glad to have you guys back. It was a bit of a delay, I know, but glad to have my Joes back together. Also joining me is, is Pat's partner in crime from over the Longbox Crusade, Mr. Jared Albrick. That is a prescription for danger. A.K.A. Death Probe. Well, I was pretty upset that you did the Christmas episode without me, and then I was upset to find out you tried to do this episode without me. So I've been thinking around thinking about like the sickest burn I could do against you, and that's what I came up with. A clam knows more than you. A <laughs> oh, clam knows more than you. Uh, Suck on that. Okay, where's the disconnect button now? Well, it's nice to be here with us. <laughs> Speaking of Jared, we have the sexier version of Jared. Let's welcome Brad Abraham, a.k.a. the sexy version of Jared. Mommy and Daddy are making a better version of you. That guy looks good. I almost didn't want, I didn't want to respond to that. I wanted me to think my mic had dropped out again. That's <laughs> when I when I was saying something. <laughs> That'd be my luck. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have the Raider Nerd himself. A.K.A. Kevin Reitzel. Hey, Kevin. Hey, uh, good to be back. Seems like it's been forever since I've been on. It, I think it has. It's, I think it's only been an episode <laughs> or so, but it's been ever since I've got a new one out so with actual content. So good well, to be well, back. Well, glad to have you guys. I've missed all, all three of you guys. Yeah, figure it out, Jared. 
But anyways, enough ribbing the, the yard cell drawer guy. Let's go ahead and move on to what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about, once again, G.I. Joe, American Real American Hero, number 24. Cover dated was June of 1984. The on-sale date was March the 13th of 1984. The cover price was a whole 60 cents. The title, the title of this issue is called The Commander Escapes. Writer was Larry Hama. Artist, Russ Heath. Letterer, Rick Parker. Colorist, George Russos. Editor, Dennis O'Neill. Cover credits was by Larry Hama and Mike Zek. And this was reprinted in G.I. Joe Comics Magazine number 9, which was the Digest, and then G.I. Joe Volume 3 Trade Paperback. I originally read this in the Comics Magazine format, and I have the Volume 3 Trade Paperback. So let's go ahead and move on to the actual story. The synopsis for this one. Our story starts on a mountaintop where Duke, Roadblock, Grunt, and Gung-Ho are preparing a place to hold Cobra Commander. Ace and Wild Bill are dropping off the material the team needs to build a fortress. Meanwhile, back at Cobra HQ, Destro is about to shoot Blood until the Baroness shows up and tells him that Cobra Commander tried to kill him and Blood saved her life. Then they plot on how to take control of Cobra, seeing how Cobra Commander has been captured. Meanwhile, in Jersey, a Cobra spy is watching Wild Bill and Ace returning from their drop-off. The Cobras are able to calculate where the cargo plane went and where Cobra Commander is being held. Back at the mountaintop, Duke is showing the Commander their defenses. Besides a radar-guided 30-millimeter Gatling gun and a 50-caliber gun, they also have a mysterious box. Back of Destro, the trio is discussing how Storm Shadow is attempting to free the Commander. Blood has star- stated how he is petting home and device in Storm Shadow's Hill, and then we introduce the two new Cobra characters, Wild Weasel and Firefly. Back in Joe Custody, the Commander is explaining to his captors how his helmet is wired to explode if not taken off properly, while he enjoys a tasty beverage via his mouth slit. He also thinks how there is a short-range radio in the helmet also. Storm Shadow finally reaches the Commander and flies in to rescue on a Cobra Claw. As they fly away, Roadblock pits a few shots of the Claw, damaging it. Duke then pops up in the box, reveals a new vehicle, the Skyhawk, which he uses to give chase. The Cobras land, and Cobra Commander takes off in the Claw, leaving Storm Shadow to fend for himself. While Duke and the Commander are fighting out in the air, Storm Shadow climbs a tree to shoot Duke down. Roadblock and Gung-Ho see this, so Gung-Ho does what he, we all do and fires a mortar at the tree, knocking him out of it. As Roadblock and Duke go to look for the ninja, Storm Shadow drops out of a tree and slices Gung-Ho before Roadblock tackles him. Back in the air, two fangs try to fly up, try to help, while Duke is shooting them out of the air. The Cobra Commander has time to escape. Again, see the title. Back at the makeshift base, Roadblock arrives with Gung-Ho and Storm Shadow. Searching Storm Shadow, they find a mailing slip to... I'm going to mess this up. Chawakasi? Florida. Back in Cobra HQ, our trio is talking with Firefly and Weasel, who follow the Tracer to a post office in Chalakasi, Florida, then a shack in the swamp, where they cl- which they claim is deserted. Commander shows up and lets Destro and company know that the shack isn't deserted, and the man who lives there doesn't like trespassers. While on the monitor, we see a new villain, Zartan, holding his guns on Weasel and Firefly. And that's the issue. Now let's go and get some thoughts on this. Let's go ahead and start with, uh, well, let's go and start with my, the one I recorded the last time. They didn't record. Brad, what are your thoughts on this issue, Brad? On, the, on this issue or the cover first? <laughs> See, I take a couple months off from this, and I forget all about my, my standard formatting, what I'm doing. I'm just going to hang up and go home. 
Uh, let's start with the cover. So the cover of this shows Cobra Commander on a claw flying away. Meanwhile, we've got Roadblock tackling Storm Shadow, Duke running after with his gun drawn. We see the base in the background. We see who is that? Zap in the turn up there. One of the Joes. So let's go and start with Brad. What are your thoughts on this cover, Brad? Um, well, this this was one of those covers that they did a commercial for, I believe, this issue. Because yes. I, remember, I remember seeing the animation for this. And I think because uh, both for the comic, um, but also because this issue introduced a, a couple of new toys, which they could, I guess, then repurpose the animation and uh, do a commercial for the Skyhawk and for the Claw and probably a couple of the other figures as well. It's, it's a fun cover. It's pretty dynamic. There's a lot of action on it. It kind of spoils the comic because you have Cobra Commander flying away in some new fangled gadget and you have Storm Shadow being tackled by Roadblock. I, I'm not sure if I said this before, uh, but you know, I tend to gravitate more towards the covers like we saw in 22 and 23 that don't so much dramatize a scene from the book as they just suggest a theme or an idea as to what the book's about, at least a little bit more mystery. Uh, to it than a pure action cover. So I, I kind of prefer those covers to the ones that are just depicting action. Now, this one certainly does depict what basically happens. You know, Cobra Commander escapes and Storm Shadow gets captured. That's essentially the, the major beats in uh, the story. But uh, it, it's well drawn, except if you... I have this thing where if, if you look at Cobra Commander, just from the perspective, it looks like his legs are being charred <laughs> little matchsticks by the claws <laughs> exhausts, which... Given the design of a lot of the Cobra vehicles, you figure maybe in, in the R&D department, some of the, the, the lesser Cobras had their legs, you know, crisped, crisped up with little matchsticks there. But, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's fine. It's not, it's, it's, it's not going to be anywhere near my favorite covers. But, uh, you know, if you see it on the, on the rack at the newsstand or at the local convenience store back in 1984 when it first came out, you need to pick it up to see what was going on in it. Very good. And, and uh, to the cover's defense, I mean, the title itself – Commander Escapes kind of gives it away anyway, so I don't think they're really yeah, spo- yeah. spoiling much with the cover. But, yeah, I, I do see what you're saying, though. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to that yard. Well, it's, so it's, it's, yeah. What's that, Brad? I was just going to say, so it's, it's kind of a perfect companion to 23 because 23 yeah. was called the Commander Captured, and a picture on the cover, it's him in handcuffs being you know, right. led away by Roadblock and uh, Clutch. So they, they are they are one of a, two of a piece, I guess. I guess what we mentioned last time that, yeah, well, it does kind of spoil it. They tie in together, and they're of a piece. So uh, let's go ahead and get some information for some opinions from the, the actual artists in the group. Uh, Kevin writes, I mean, <laughs> Jared, are you there? Let's go ahead and get you. I am here. Mr. Yardsell Drawer guy, what are your thoughts on this? Well, like I said the last time we tried to record this episode, Get it? Because I wasn't yeah. here. That's why we, we waiting for the silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I I like this cover a lot for a couple of reasons. I believe this heralds the wonderful, wonderful run of covers that we're going to get out of Mike Zek. I <laughs> consider Mike Zek the G.I. Joe cover artist, period. And I think this is his first one. You guys may correct me on that if I am wrong. But I love the Zek covers. This is, I think, uh, led breakdowns and then Zek did the finals on cover. Correct. And I just think it's it's fabulous. There's so much going on. There's so much action. The whole Roadblock versus Storm Shadow thing, I, I like that because I'm so used to seeing Snake Eyes v. Storm Shadow that it's kind of neat to see someone else go up against him. And, uh, and spoiler alert, do pretty well. 
you know, uh, in, in the story. But just as far as the cover goes, I'm just so excited that we've entered the Mike Zek era. So uh, I, I'm all a Twitter with that. And I will leave it at that. And we can pass it to someone else. Well, let's go ahead and go over to uh, your, your podcasting partner in crime there. Pat, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, I do agree with, with Jared, believe it or not. Um, this is an, another awesome-looking cover. Um, this is one that I've probably looked at, and every time you think when you say number G.I. Joe number 24, I know what this cover looks like. Same as 23, same as 25, and, you know, 26. These are, This chunk of comics of this series is I can recognize the covers by the numbers, um, which is a good good thing. I would pour over this thing summer after summer after summer going through the rereads of these covers. So uh, really enjoy the cover. The colors really pop out for me as well, too. I like Jared's side. I like the action. Really crisp drawing. And then, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this cover? I actually forgot uh, that this was issue 24, this cover. I do remember the cover, but I forgot the actual issue number. Uh, and you know, it, it does tell you a lot about what's going to happen in the in the issue. And I decided to go on YouTube, and I actually found that little 30-second commercial for uh, this uh, this comic. I, it, it definitely um, – there were some differences in the comic – as opposed to the commercial, the commercial right. shows uh, snow job and rock and roll escorting uh, commander out there. They even show like scrap iron later on, you know, and he's not in the comic. And but uh, so, so I thought that was interesting. I don't know if I'd ever seen that com or that that commercial before. So it was really cool to review that again. Uh, great, great way to push these comics. But I, I like the uh, the cover. Uh, I, you see Road Roadbot tackling uh, Storm Shadow. You know something's going down there. Uh, and so yeah, yeah, you know, I it, it's, it's I like the color. Uh, it's good to see the GI Joe base again there. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's definitely um, it's definitely one of the cooler ones. I just I just forgot the number for it. Yeah, and they they do have they have commercials every so often for the comic, and yeah, you can find them all on YouTube. I've been playing the commercials the episode before, so I did play this commercial. Does anybody know when they stopped doing that? What you know, was this the last one or no, no, no? More? They did. Um, if you can give me just half a sec, I can go in here and tell you. Like I said, they do have them all on the uh, commercials for these on YouTube. I've been playing them, and I have a compilation here. It looks like the last one I was able to locate was issue. It was like in the 80s, I believe. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, issue 80. Issue 80, exactly. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I remember 49 on TV where they were stealing uh, oh, the, the yeah, body for Serpentor, building yeah. Serpentor. Yeah, so, okay. so let's go ahead and go to my thoughts on this. I do... I don't remember a lot of the earlier commercials on this one. This one here, I I know I've seen a couple of times. I can't remember if I, when I first saw it, if I saw it back in the day, because again, I wasn't into the comics at the time. But yeah, I, I think for the commercials, what they do is they tell them, well, this is the main thing that's going to happen, and then the artists, or the people that do the commercials, just take it from there and don't really refer to the actual comic. I'd be curious what kind of lead time they had on making their commercials for the comics to the story. If, if maybe the, the commercial was done before the story was even done possibly, but this is, again, I do like this cover. It's very memorable. It's very action oriented. Like I said, we got Cobra commander zooping, zooping, zooming away on the top. And yeah, it does look like his legs are being burnt off. Uh, we get roadblock doing, you know, a tackle of uh, storm shadow with Duke running up the gun behind him, ready to, you know, help if need be. 
So I, I do really like this cover because, again, it's very action-oriented. It's very action-packed. And it basically tells us what's going to happen in the story, which I, I do like better than the ones that the covers that have nothing at all to do with the story. So that's my own preference there. But let's get some ratings on this. Out of one to five Yoko Jolas, what the hell is that? One to five Yojo Colas. I think I've been in the brandies or something. <laughs> or maybe Pat's Heights. <laughs> I know a guy who's got a problem with that. You need a brandy or something? <laughs> Out of one to five Yojo Colas, Brad, how many Yojo Colas would you give this? Uh, well, I guess out of a need to be consistent is the one person here who wasn't crazy in love with this cover. I'll give it a three. It's a good cover. It's just not my favorite. Not, not a bad scale. Not a bad rating on this one. Uh, Pat, what would you give this one? I'm going to give this one a four. Very nice. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Jared? Uh, as much as the glowing feelings I have for Zek, I'm going to give it a four as well, just because I know so many more awesome Zek covers are coming. <laughs> and Kevin? I'm going to give it a three. I'd give it a 3.5 if it wasn't for uh, Duke holding the uh, – um, the television cartoon version of a G.I. Joe weapon, those laser <laughs> right. rifles, where in the comics and the pages, they usually uh, tend to um, draw more realistic weapons. Yeah, see, I'm such a newbie on guns. I don't know if that's a real gun or not, so that doesn't affect me. <laughs> so we got two, three. It's two. not. <laughs> talking about I used one all the time in the Air Force. Well, again, so this, since I, I'm an idiot with guns and I don't recognize that and it doesn't bother me, I'm going to give it a four also. I'm going to side with the cool Pat team. And <laughs> All right. Woo-hoo. Oh, i got to be on a Pat team. Yeah, of course. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, a three is not a bad idea for this one also. But I, I, I do like it. Like I say, it's, it's very memorable. It's very – when I think about G.I. Joe covers, this is what I think about. So, yeah, I think a four is a good number for this one. So – and now let's go ahead and get some thoughts on the actual issue itself. Let's go reverse this time. Kevin, what are your thoughts on this issue? Of all, everything about this issue, there's two things that stand out for me. And, and I forgot that it was this issue. But this was the issue that you found out why you can't just go over to Cobra Commander and take his helmet off. <laughs> because it's lined with uh, plastic explosives if you tried but it also explains how he can uh, uh, drink nutrients that he has a little hole in his shield that can put a little straw through and um, I remember talking to some of my fellow uh, um, G.I. Joe Finest costume group members I said I would love one of our commanders to actually have a little hole that you could open up in his mask, and put it. And that would really, really excite me. So I think that would be really, really, really awesome. Uh, the other thing that I really remember about this issue was, um, in my opinion, one of the best drawings, or, you know, I guess you could say renderings of the Baroness. Mm-hmm. Where she's exactly kind of sitting, <laughs> she's sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's right. Uh, oh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just gonna slower. say what we're all thinking here. Hot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is correct. By the way, I'll be if you are going to cosplay the Baroness, that is the panel that you look at and you model your costume after. 
In fact, I'll be right back. I need a few minutes alone time. <laughs> turn, turn off the camera, please. Oh, camera! Let me turn that off. Yeah, it's hot. I gotta talk. Hey, what you're doing? I play Baroness because now he's thinking about it. And I see Shepard has joined us. <laughs> but of course, and then last but not least, getting teased of one of the coolest characters of all time, and that would be Zartan. Uh, oh. And let's go ahead and jump over to Brad. Brad, what are your thoughts on this issue? Oh boy! Once well, again, this, this is a good issue. I think overall, it's not one of the great issues, um, but it's an overall really solid one. Uh, it, it's kind of a link in the chain of this whole twenty-one to thirty-three arc, right? Um, and it's more like another another piece of the puzzle, which it needs to be. It it, it kind of depends on what happens in the previous issue and what happens in the following issue. I really like this one because of the art, as Kevin just pointed out there, because this is a Russ Heath issue. Um, and that guy was a total legend, uh, particularly with his military comics. I remember his artwork from old issues of the Haunted Tank uh, comic that my cousins had given me even before I started reading G.I. Joe. And having him here kind of playing with the, G- the Joe universe is fun to see. And Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was as a designer who was involved in the initial designs for the cartoon also. And this book really has that kind of that that feel. It's got some really nice clean lines to it. The uh, the action in the issue is really well rendered. Uh, the whole opening with the airdrop is just simple panels with really clean lines. And you get a real sense of movement out of it. Just and then they're just you know st- still drawings. My favorite bit in it, though, is actually it's the whole Skyhawk sequence that happens about three quarters of the way through when, you know, they, they tease it that there's some special weapon in the right. box. And then Cobra Commander takes off and they have to crack crack open the, the, the box to open it up. And it always just seems so meta to me. Like, I half expect them to open it up and unfold the blueprints, you know, snap <laughs> it together. Decals, <laughs> damn it. Damn decals. <laughs> Yeah, apply the decals. You have to clip the flag points off the box so you can mail away for a Sergeant Slaughter or a fridge action figure. But I think this is the only one and only time we see the Skyhawk in action in the comic um, because it was everywhere in the cartoon. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if, if that gets to any one minor gripe with it, it's the, the comic and just overall, and it's just out of necessity. There's so many times they have to introduce new toys and new characters and new vehicles with it that you know a lot of times you'll see a new vehicle and you meet a new joe and that's pretty much it you can kind of count on one hand for example the number of times airborne appears in the comic up to this point for example and uh you know it's just interesting how vehicles like the whale and the vamp and the mobot had a lot more of 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 a presence or a role in the in the comic for uh you know, the, for, for for so many years, uh, but ones like the Skyhawk, they're just for like a, a one and done. I, I like the new characters we get to meet. Uh, I was always a really big fan of Firefly, who was and I think remains my favorite Cobra character. Of course, glossing over the horrible retcon, he gets a hundred or so issues down the road. But I always liked the design and the idea of a mercenary saboteur, and it's interesting that they pair him up with Wild Weasel, who's sort of introduced outside of the Rattler. Uh, I guess because they wanted someone for Firefly to play off over the next couple of issues, but I'm surprised that it went with him and not Copperheart or Copperheart Copperhead, given that they introduced the water moccasin in the next issue as well, which is a little, which is a little strange. It felt a little strange to me, but you know, you'll 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 let it go. And 
I also love Cobra Commander's little straw for drinking his coffee, although I do recommend you not try to drink hot coffee through a straw, because I tried that once, and it, it was not good. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna have to differ with Kevin a little bit here, because while he does point out that the last panel we get to meet Zartan, um, and I said this in the when when Aaron and I went over the this issue the last time, and I, I'm fully prepared for the ire and the... the vitriol that's going to come my way when I say I'm not really a big fan of Zartan or his dreadnoughts, but we'll get into that in the next issue. And assuming I'm invited back, click. <gasps> dissing, dissing, you're saying I'm not a big Zartan fan. This may be my last appearance, as far as I know. Well, thanks for joining us, Brian. I'm glad you could join us for these last <laughs> few episodes, and uh, we'll see you around, man. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Well, you kind of completely about everything you want to say with that last comment, but is there anything else that you want to say before I move on, Brad? Or is that your last thoughts? No. Okay. I think, I, I think that's it. I'll see myself out, guys. All right. Well, good evening, man. He's leaving in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> leaving on a high note. Pat, do you have any thoughts on this issue? Um, I do. I agree with yeah, everybody. I'm oh, sorry. Wait your turn there. Wait your turn. I'm skipping him intentionally. I know. <laughs> I, uh, I I really enjoy this issue. Um, like I said, it brings me back to when I was a kid. This was something I got at the Walden Books. We, you know, and they, then going to get twenty five, twenty six, and it would just keep going back every month. Uh, and then just re going over here is kind of where between twenty one, twenty three is. This is this is my jam here. You know, this is where I began really being a Joe fanatic. So I, like I said, I could, I know these stories by heart, just by covers by heart as well, too. It's really awesome. Uh, so I'm going to, but one of the things when I, I just noticed going through this for the umpteenth time here is on the second page, you, you get a couple, the nicely drawn shots of Cobra commander is just his faceplate. They use it like maybe three different times. Right. But in this, in this first shot, you see, you know, you see his faceplate, and it shows the plane and the ropes down. Well, they haven't released the rope yet. They do that on the second page or on the third page. And I just noticed that oh. when you're doing the reread for this. You're a step ahead of me. I didn't even catch that. I, I didn't I know. know the hanging down, but I didn't even catch. Yeah, that we do show the hook is out. Yeah. yeah cover commander's mask can see the future. Oh, that, <laughs> there you go. That, and the no prize goes to <laughs> Jared Aubrey. Hey, right into Marvel. <laughs> and you would think when they would have patted a Cobra Commander down or whatever, they would have found his straw. I don't know where he's hiding that little thing. Probably in his helmet somewhere. <laughs> would be my um, guess. <laughs> Uh, I do agree, though, this had a lot of cool toys, introduced a lot of cool toys, uh, a lot of the toys that I had. I had the Skyhawk, the Cobra Claw, uh, introduction of Firefly, Wild Weasel, but they never mentioned Wild Weasel's name in here. They never drop his name in this one. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was, I, was, I was surprised by that. She just, I don't know if they didn't have a name for him yet. And Baroness just kind of goes, well, he's the best pilot, better than me, but I don't have a name. But this guy's got a name, Firefly. And Firefly's a really cool guy. I like him, too. I agree with Brad on that. You know, he, I always thought he was kind of a, you know, a cool, sneaky guy, looked really neat with the gray and the black, and just just a tough guy. He was like always, you know, if you didn't have Storm Shadow, he'd be your other villain to go to <laughs> to fight Snake Eyes. 
he's like the you know the opposite snake eyes. And that could explain something that happens about a hundred issues or so. As we, I think Brad mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about it. Uh, not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but you know, you you see that you see the command center as well too. That was a, a toy that I've never had. You know, I remember one Christmas time I wanted it, and you know, and but you know, I didn't get it. You got the role like, of Jason. I got the jump jet, yeah, <laughs> and my sister got the command center. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> Did she at least let you play with it? No. Oh. No. No. <laughs> that was the new Wesley Dreamhouse. House. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the fang copters, too. I th- I think the fangs have been in for a while, but you get a little closer look at the fangs. And th- that was always a cool uh, toy for me, too, I always saw. I really dug the the fang copters and the Skyhawk. There was, like, two equal vehicles that could, you know, go against each other, I always had happening so uh, again love the storyline uh going through storm shadow the battle he has to go through roadblock taking him down gung-ho getting chopped in the back all good story going on here and the surprise with uh zartan showing up that's what i got and finally for my thoughts on it <laughs> now jared we'll go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on this buddy <laughs> notes <laughs> he's actually got notes First thing I wrote down was a clam knows more than you because that's a sick burn right there. <laughs> All right. The first thing I have is a question to the team because, as you know, I read via digest. This one's uh, autographed by John Beatty, just so I can show off. Um, hey, Jared, you dropped something. Oh, <laughs> pick that name up. <laughs> the uh, Skyhawk, is it white in everybody's book or just mine? Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if they hadn't des- the if they hadn't decided yet on the color of the toy. Was the toy already out, or is this one made for snow ops? Because it's white in the book, green toy. Ooh. I was wondering, like, I wonder if it's like specifically made for snow ops, or if you know they told the comic guys because they're drawing the comics well in advance. Hey, this right. is the next hot toy, but they maybe only showed them like the gray mold version of it or something, so they just left it white. I don't know. Anybody uh, got anything on that? No prize, I would say probably it's a, the the cold, the uh, winter version. But in reality, I, I think it's probably just either they forgot to color it or, like you said, well, here's a picture of the toy. They showed them just the, the preliminary drawings of it or whatever, and they didn't know what color to color it. I think Snow Job or Alpine should have been in this but, issue. Yeah, yeah that would been cool. You're right. You would think. Uh, uh, does anybody know, just going off the um, Pat's subject, turn's over, so I'm just going to proceed toys. with mine. Um, so, did anybody know? <laughs> does the, did, did they make a Tiger Force Skyhawk? I don't think they do did, because I did a little research on the Skyhawk, and the only thing I found on it when I was looking it up was they made a Ghost Hawk in 2009, which looks a lot like the Skyhawk, just a little updated model. Because when I, mm-hmm. I was Googling images to see if there was a white one, if I was crazy <laughs> about the comic. Uh, but all I came up with was the original Skyhawk and then the Ghost Hawk, uh, which looks a heck of a lot like the Skyhawk, just like a little bit more detailed, which came out when they did the more detailed figures in 09. But I don't think there's a Tiger Force one, but I hear someone clicking away. You got anything on that, Clicker? Um, that would be me. I'm showing, yeah, there's the Sky Patrol, which is the Skyhawk you're referring to. That's a chrome one. Oh, that's not... I did not see the chrome one in my research. Yes, cool. when I'm looking, yeah, it looks like the Skyhawk for the Sky Patrol was chrome, which came out in 89, and then there was the regular green one. I'm not showing a uh, Tiger Force one. 
Well, I, I think that'd be kind of cool to see a Tiger Force one like that. Yeah, that would be cool. And then there was a well, actually, oh, hold on a second. Here we go. GI Joe 50th Anniversary Battle Set. There was a two pack, a Skyhawk, an Arctic Skyhawk, and a Night Ice Viper, which came with a Cobra Wolf. Or no, the Cobra Wolf was a vehicle. Cobra Wolf with an Ice Viper and an Arctic Skyhawk with an Arctic Snake Ice. Was the Arctic Skyhawk white? That's what I'm trying to see. All they show here is a picture of the box. It looks white on the box. Huh. I don't see the actual toy. But with the name of it, I'm wondering if it sounds like it was. You can buy them for $79.99. It's the 50th anniversary anniversary battle set below, below zero set. Hmm. Well, the only thing I have before Pat so rudely interrupted, which I've never done to him. Never. Is, uh, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> the other thing I was talking about. Now, you're thinking of Jason, Pat. <laughs> Go ahead there, Jerry. I really do have only one note, and I just want to – my own note is I want to just give a shout-out to Roadblock. At one point in the story, he's carrying his 50 cal rifle plus gung-ho plus dragging Storm Shadow up a mountain. If that's not all, man, I don't know. Well, I'm sure you've done that a couple of times. Oh, but I, I will add that I my favorite villain is Firefly, so I was really excited about this. After that, I think I'm good. What do you got there, uh, Mr. Head? Um, well, again, I'm looking. I'm still playing on the Internet. Yeah, it looks like the Skyhawk, the Arctic one, was white with some gray stripes on it. There oh, some that's cool. Gray stripes on the wing and on the cockpit, on the canopy. But it looks like the rest of it was white. So this was a Toys R Us. Sounds like some ancient toy store. Uh, <laughs> Exclusive set. So, so yeah, they did eventually do a white Skyhawk, but nothing back in the day, it looks like. So I'm thinking more than likely this is as uh, that artist guy over there was saying that it was probably they were given the preliminary designs for it and without coloring on it, possibly. But for my actual thoughts on the issue, yes, I, I do love Firefly also. Let me copy everyone that said that. Uh, Fire, Firefly. Firefly? Firefly was a great character. That they, again, kind of in the hundreds, well, the hundreds had a lot of sins, and that was one of them. They kind of over-exemplified him or something. So, uh, yeah, and I did. kind of like that. I'll come clean. I kind of like that. <laughs> I'm the only one in the group that liked that. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it when I read it. Maybe if I go back and read it again, not so much. But at the time, I was like, oh, what a cool idea. So I guess I was the target audience. Apparently. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Like Pat was saying, I didn't notice that the yeah Cobra Commander could see in the future apparently with his mask. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> didn't notice that the line was on his mask before they actually cast it out of the the plane. So just looking through here, yeah, Baroness in those poses, she is hot. Uh, we can't deny that at all. Yeah, she is. Uh, if you get someone doing some cosplay and that, take some pictures and send it to me. And not I need that. Not <laughs> you. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I can pull that figure off. <laughs> <laughs> That's between you and Pat, or you and Jared. You guys can. I think I got a Christmas picture of me. <laughs> if you go back on my Facebook, like maybe two Christmases ago, there might be me on a post like that. Oh Lord. Yeah, I, I do, moving on from there very quickly. I did major world looking at the the Storm Shadow chess piece. I, I like that they keep those chess pieces in play and they show up every so often. 
<laughs> Cobra Commander, yeah, you look, he's talking about where he got his straw from. He actually looks like he does pull it from his coat pocket. So apparently when they searched him, they thought the straw was innocent enough and didn't question it. So they let him have it. And then, yeah, they have his mouth slits. Again, Kevin, if you get one of your guys to do that costume, make sure you take pictures and pose because I'd like to see the, <laughs> with the mouth slits. Maybe they can do their movable top showing the explosives in the helmets. <laughs> that would be awesome. But I do like how they didn't force it, didn't try to de- deactivate the bombs or anything. Okay, you keep your helmet on. He's like, I've told you everything except for the short-range radio receiver built to the earpieces. <laughs> I can see him twiddling his thumb. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I'd like to mention one of the most interesting things about the original issue of, of, of issue 24 here right. is the uh, post, off, post box, the pit comics, comments. Uh, all of them are referring to the silent interlude issue number 21. Uh, and as most of the uh, letters are very positive, I would like to read a couple of the ones that aren't so positive. Oh, go ahead. Dear Marvel, I have never written to a comic before, and I wish I didn't have to write this letter. G.I. Joe number 21 silent interlude stinks. I read it. I read it too quickly. It only took me five minutes. What happened? Sorry I seem harsh. I know you'll do better next issue. Bill Davis of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And then uh, there's a reply to him. We hope subsequent issues have been more to your liking, Bill. But But let us know, okay? Now let's take a look at a mixed review. Dear Joes, I just read issue number 21, and it was great. But I believe... I would have enjoyed it more if there had been words. What happened? Did your letter go on vacation? Still, it was great anyway. Carlos from Pebble Beach, California. This one here is also interesting. I've been collecting G.I. Joe since the first issue. Everyone have been superb except issue 21. It could have been one of the best issues if it had some dialogue. Please never make another issue like that again. By the way, I'm thrilled that Duke will make his debut next issue. <laughs> have a lovely collection of people who missed wow. the point. <laughs> well, all of the other ones, all the other ones are favorable and say that it's awesome. But uh, I, like I would the just issue is called Silent Interlude, and yet people are like, well, "How come there's no words?" <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill Davis and Carlos Del Rios and uh, Seth Kushner, you can suck it. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Davis, that's Brad's people, and then Carlos, that's, uh, that's out on Aaron's. Yeah, that's where my coast. I'll have to pay Carlos a visit. I'll have to do a Jan's Hollow Bob Strikes Back on Pen and Vision. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on the right this letter, issue 21? <laughs> How many people want to kick some ass? Post as Magnolia fan on moviepoopshoot.com. Yeah. Did you write Fuck Jay and Silent Bob? Fuck them and their stupid. Yeah, a while ago. So? On moviepoopshoot.com, did you say Jay and Silent Bob are quote? Clown shoes, and if they were real, I'd kick the shit at him for being so stupid. Yeah. Really?
62 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord, that is funny. I'm sure they all have a mint near mint condition sealed somewhere now. Because <laughs> they had a letter in it, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great observation though. Thanks for bringing that, dude. That's good job, Kevin. Uh, Bill complained about the letter about the issue. It took five minutes to read. I bet he really hates modern comics. Even with long words, a lot of them take five minutes to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, you know, what are these people thinking that, you know, if they've now gone back after knowing what was done, you know, where they going, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have wrote that letter. <laughs> it's just a list of people who are, who are miserable in their life situation in uh, 1980, whatever this came out. <laughs> I'm like, I could see some people not caring for the fact that there was no dialogue. I mean, again, as I think Jared said, it kind of they, they're missing the point, but... <laughs> I could I could understand I guess I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they're not complete idiots but uh, I don't like new things. <laughs> but back to my thoughts before I was rudely interrupted. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually Kevin. No, <laughs> nice. But uh, I, I do like Cobra Commander's talking to. Uh, well, he's not talking. But he's getting information from Storm Shadow and the the Cobras on the jet, and they're telling me, "Oh, see him get outside." It's very stuffy in here. I'd like to go outside. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, I'll take it. If he makes a run for it, do something painful in the 7.62 millimeter NATO. Just left knee. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like that Duke. That Duke is not fox trotting around, man. I like Barry. That. Yeah, if he tries anything, oh, pull his kneecap out. <laughs> Although that does beg the question, and I know Aaron and I were debating this last time too, was why 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 are they hanging out on a plateau? You know what 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 are they waiting for? Who are they waiting for? They're just kind of hanging out there waiting for something yeah. to happen. Yeah, that was one thing. That's yeah, the one, the one thing about this issue I never quite got is why why are they just kind of hanging out there, just buying time for something? They don't yes. really specify if someone coming to collect the commander. Or do they 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 have to, you know. Put it, why did they just take him to the pit or the, something like that? What is step two to this plan? Yeah, they, they went to all the trouble, took him to this mountaintop. They they brought supplies up here. They brought, you know, a, a fortress, a little fortress up here. Weren't they still working on the pit, though? Okay, yeah. You know They're what? They're still working on repairing it, but there had to yeah. be. So, Shut up, Pat. Maybe they didn't want to bring him back just because they knew. They didn't, they, didn't want to, they didn't want him to see the pit before it was finished. You know, they're like, yeah. it looks terrible. They need to put some paint up. Gotta, <laughs> get the plumbing installed. You cannot yeah. have house guests with it looking like this. Yeah, so yeah, they'll they'll go back and look at or look in the next issue and see that maybe it's it's uh, the place where the older prisoners wasn't done yet or they didn't want to take them to... to or is, or is, it be, is it because the headquarters command center, uh, as we established... Uh, and they could, you know, the, the toy had a little cell in there that they could put him in there. Maybe they didn't have one of those in the pit. Maybe. <laughs> so I'm assuming they maybe didn't finish it. That's a good. That's a good thought, Pat. Because I know me and Brad spent some time last time on the episode that never was uh, discussing, trying to figure out why that you come all the way up here to the mountains to, to hold it for what reason? Yeah, it was never really mentioned. Yeah. I think it may have been a little bit. I think he said no. I think he said, Duke said it was like a strategic spot or something like well, that. Well, they said they said why it's they they said it's very strategic. It's they can't get in. People can't get you know can't get into them. Apparently they can, but and it's very defensible. <laughs> Apparently it's not. But but why take them all the way up to the mountain? Why find the strategic mountain spot instead of taking them to the pit, which seems to be more you would think would be more defensible and more. 
I don't know. It's other than maybe yeah, the pit wasn't completely repaired yet, and they're still working on it. But uh, moving on from there, uh, yeah, they do. They found that uh, packing slip to again. I'm not gonna try to pronounce that name again in Florida, the swamps in Florida. Uh, <laughs> Duke's like, what? What could a ninja be mailing to Florida? And then we cut to Cobra headquarters talking to Wild Weasel and Firefly in Florida. And, and again, they're in uh, the water moxkin, I would assume. But again, it's it's miscolored also. This is a red and white one. It's their sportier model, I guess. <laughs> but and, the demo model. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Wild Weasels. <laughs> sport model. Maybe I, I I can just hear Larry Hama going. God, I got it. Got to write in another dumb toy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I do. I'm also like uh, most of the other people in the free world do like Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> <laughs> eh, that's going to be an ongoing bit. <laughs> what's, that? what's that, Jared? Sounds like an ongoing bit. <laughs> if I ever heard one. <laughs> Some poor guy is no longer allowed his opinions on the show anymore. I feel Which, for you, dude. What, yeah, why don't you make a comment like, I don't like Zartan the Dreadnoughts. Well, it, we stopped <laughs> listening to you at that point. Oh, <laughs> but I do like, yeah, Zartan shows in the last panel. And again, we don't get his name here, but we do on the next issue blurb, you know. I think it's a little better than Storm Shadow shows up in that silent issue. And we find out his name in the letter column. So. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, and yeah, next month Zartan. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a great, great issue. Like you guys have said, it sets up and it continues the the ongoing for the next few months storyline that's going on, and it all builds up. And just like well, I said, I first read this in the digest formats, and later I went back and bought the actual issue. Another great, great comic. Larry does a great job again trying to fit all these toys in. Like you said, you know, hey, Larry, here's some more toys for you to pay. All right. He does a great job for fitting in what he has to. So even like some things, the, the Skyhawk makes a brief appearance, and we don't see very much of it again in the in the comic. And again, I think it's just I'm, – I'm wondering partly if – Jared, a question for you. Again, I, I don't know much about – Military authenticity. Yes, I don't know much about military, about weapons and vehicles. Is the Skyhawk an actual vehicle? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Well, not the actual Skyhawk, but, you know, the actual, that, that type <laughs> no. of V2L. Is there a, a vertical no. takeoff jet, something no, like I, that? I've never seen anything quite like that. I wish I had, but, uh, no, to be honest with you, no, the Skyhawk, nothing really like that. Well, I'm wondering um, if Larry, he had to pin it here because there's a toy for it, but I'm wondering if maybe he stuck for the Joes to the more realistic vehicles, mm-hmm. being the military man himself, and maybe that's why... Oh, I've got to put it in here. There's a toy for it. Okay, I've shown it. It's done. Let's back to real, you know, military vehicles now. And that's just what I was wondering. Maybe that's why we don't see a whole lot of it in the comic, because Larry preferred the more realistic military vehicles. Honestly, the only thing that jumped out at me as far as military authenticity goes is I got a kick out of – I should have mentioned this during my, my spot. But you do your turn like over. they set up that, that trip wire to pull the cargo right. out. Like, at the absolute last second, <laughs> like, just do another lap, dude, with the C-130, and then give them a few minutes. They had to literally, like, dive out of the way. <laughs> like, I, I get that it's high drama, but dang. 
You know, in the real military, you'd, you'd have that cable set up about two days in advance and be standing around waiting on that. You wait a lot in the military is the point of that kind of, but that was weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I work for IRS same way. You stand around and wait a lot. <laughs> but I do like that dialogue there on that page where they're dropping it off. Was it page two? It looks like. What do you say, Wild Bill? Should I put down the landing gear in case I miss Judge and Billy in? That's a negative thing, yeah. Hazel Pard. <laughs> Big beat on me. Landing gear. There you go again with those negative waves. <laughs> I, I do like and that. You get to see Grunt gets involved a little bit, too. So they haven't really gotten rid of some of the older Joes yet. Yeah, they're, they're, they're keeping around for a little bit. But I think Grunt's going away here. Sure, that's not mistaken. But anyway, those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, Baron is hot. Uh, why the hell are they up in this distance? Uh, Firefly those are my awesome. Baron is hot. <laughs> That's all our thoughts. Go back, guys. Go back to that picture. Go back to that picture of Baron is sitting on the couch. Okay, now, okay. you tell me that I can't. Hold on. <laughs> tell me Tell me that I can't pull this off. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now. You can't. Oh, my dear. <laughs> yes. And so for those of you who are uh, listening at home, he's showing a picture to us on Skype of the exact pose that he's taken years ago. Um, I'm disturbed. That's awesome. Man crush starting in three, two, <laughs> one. Not quite the same outfit. You know, I got my Christmas vest on. You need to dress up in this tight leather outfit like Baroness has where you do the pose and we'll judge from that. <laughs> I can't believe you had that ready to go. <laughs> it's on my Facebook. It was one of my profiles. <laughs> yeah, I see. I told you. Oh, that. I can't unsee <laughs> that now. <laughs> hey, can I join the cosplay? <laughs> no, no. Answering for him. No. <laughs> I think you ought to let him join, Kev. I think he could do a pretty good job. <laughs> Turn on the video camera. He could be your Baroness. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kevin's gone to burn his eyes out now. Let me do it. <laughs> Dr. Mindbender. So we got, Kevin, we got uh, Pat here in the background holding up toys every once in a while, showing us his toys and his sexy poses. And <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's my thoughts on the issue. Again, pretty much covers most of what you guys have said, except for the, the Dreadnoughts hater, and I think we agree on everything else. Catch a deer full neck. <laughs> but I think that has a good, pretty good excuse for why they are on this mountaintop retreat. They need to hold them somewhere. They're still working on the pit. So that makes sense. You know, no prizes, not in the mail, Pat. Uh, you know, I, I, it's been a while. It's been so long. It's been over 20, 30 some years that I'm okay to let that information out now. I was told I couldn't tell anybody back then. So mm. now I can. Mm. Well, very good. Some other things I wish you'd keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> like that picture of him doing the bear defense? Yes, that's the first thing that leaves to mind, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so you guys want night by tens or? Either they glossy or matte. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas card. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, you can go to this. There's a, a Canvas website. You can do like a Canvas picture of it. Do like a, mm-hmm. do like a, uh, a what is it, a 20 by 30, whatever, sending me like hanging the, like hanging yeah, man I'm land. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking of replacing my picture of George Costanza. <laughs> the timeless heart of seduction. Yes. I, we used to have that, believe it or not. And you got the, we used to have that. Me and my wife used to have that in our living room. <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, Pat, do you have any other thoughts on this issue? 
He says quickly trying to move no. the conversation on. Please say no. No, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jared, any other thoughts on this uh, issue? I could stand to hear a little bit more about Pat and his photographic process. And Kevin, any other thoughts on this issue? Quickly moving on. Quickly. <laughs> Uh, the panel that does have Baroness, uh, it's got some other great shots of, uh, you know, like blood holding uh, the action figure or the chess piece of um, Storm, Shadow. Storm Shadow. But I like the last panel uh, on that page where you see a close up of, of uh, was it? Uh, Firefly and Wild Weasel. Yeah, Wild Weasel. And it says, uh, let it suffice to say that if the pilot gets Firefly to the target, the results is guaranteed. I thought that's pretty cool. And I'm done. And it pop goes, the wheel. goes back to uh, oh, I think it was Pat's comment earlier about Pop goes the pop goes the wine and the weasel I see the empty pocket needs a refill I got a squad with a list of complainers I should have started rape Rappers against phony entertainers So we can make it known that we won't get swayed It's 91 son, so something's gotta change Get paid pedal speakers and soda pop Pop, pop, pop goes the weasel is drawers drop, 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 why not take it how they're referring to him as the, the pilot and instead of referring to him as Wild Weasel, maybe they didn't have a name for him yet or I'm not sure. I know usually Larry wrote a lot of the file cards, and so I don't know if he was just thrown in here for the time being or or maybe that's not really Wild Weasel. It's his twin brother, and Wild Weasel comes in late. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, his twin brother, Weasel Wild. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually just not as exciting. It's Mild Weasel. Yeah, I was saying Calm Weasel. <laughs> It's mild weasel. Mm. But yes, uh, we would all do poor on match game. And Brad, <laughs> Brad, do you have any final thoughts on this? Um, I just noticed on page six, um, there's a uh, panel with Ed McGuire Field of a, uh, a biker dude on his chopper uh, radioing in information to uh, the Cobra surveillance aircraft. And I was just wondering if this is like a proto dreadnought or. Something like that, mm-hmm. or if it's just a Cobra guy in in, uh, in in disguise or something like that, you know, choosing the inconspicuous guise of a, of a, a Hell's Angel parked outside of a <laughs> outside of a, of a McGuire Field. You know? But uh, I have that same the, question. Yeah, originally I assumed it was a Dreadnought, except for reading this a couple of times, it sounds more like just a general Cobra goon. Yeah, but the bike with the, the skull on the very on the front and it, yeah, it does seem like a very dreadnought thing. So I, I'm wondering. And, and the only other observation on the bottom of the same page is the big Cobra, the Cobra's big surveillance aircraft. That that would have made a pretty cool toy, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been a nice toy. I always will liked the one, the big airplane from the cartoon with that Cobra <laughs> mouth in the front of it. <laughs> I was just oh, thinking man. the same thing, <laughs> Dad. I was thinking the same thing. That would rival, make that like the same size of the as the flag. Oh man, that would be cool. That would have been nice. My friend Sean Friedman once made one for me and sent it to me. Uh, to be a picture of that, it'd be really nice to see. <laughs> uh, my whole life is built on lies. Let's proceed. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to end this conversation right here on that pack of lies, and let's go take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the cartoon. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Attention, attention all personnel. New from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, it's MASHCAST. Hosted by MASH megafan Rob Kelly and a rotating cast of VIPs, MASHCAST analyzes episode by episode 
the greatest television series of all time, MASH. Find MASHcast on fireandwaterpodcast.com. Jocularity! Jocularity! Hello, I'm Pat Sampson, and I would like to invite you to join me on my podcast, The Longbox Crusade. On this podcast, I'm reading through my 20-plus longboxes that I have stored away in my basement. On each episode, I will select a random issue from my collection and take a very highbrow, thoughtful approach to examining these truly American art forms that help to shape our popular culture. I like comics too. Uh, can I get a comic out of my long box that syncs up with the month and year of the comic from your long box and chat about that too? Oh, oh and video games. Can we talk about games? Or, or maybe James Bond too. I love James Bond. Fine. Jared Elbrick, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist. We can add some of your comics and enthusiasm to the show. It might help get a deeper introspection of... Did someone say James Bond? I love James Bond, and I love comics, too. I can bring a comic from my long box to sync up with you guys. I also love movies and music, even news stories that tie into the time period that match the comic books we review. Uh, this is what I get for inviting both the Albrecht brothers into my show. Jason, how the heck can we fit all that into my deeply intellectual review of... Well, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's cram it all into one podcast. Join us on the Longbox Crusade, folks. We'll bounce around in time from issue to issue, pulled randomly from my longboxes, and the Alpert Brothers will bring along issues with the same month and year cover date. We'll talk about the comics and the time period they come from, including... World news of that time. Top 40 music chart toppers. Movies, both good and bad. Maybe even some favorite recipes. Whatever I think is funny. We'll probably have to suffer through things that Jared thinks are funny. We'll jam it all into one pop culture extravaganza, examining the comics in my longbox and the time period surrounding them. Join us for a wild ride through time on the Longbox Crusade podcast as we attempt to read them all. What's, What's in, in your longbox? Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine and edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.big cartel.com that's the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com or you can buy it directly from me creator jared albrecht the yard sale artist at any of my comic-con appearances hamilton versus burr a werewolf tale 
Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a- a Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale. That's Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale. And welcome back to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. We're here to talk about the cartoon at this point. Yo, Joe's! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the Enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gets up, he's always there. the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. We're looking at episode 11. It was entitled Cobra's Creatures. It was written by Kimmer Ringwald, and it was first premiered on September the 30th of 1985. Our story starts with the Joes testing a new canine parachute with Junkyard. When Mutt, <coughs> Junkyard, and Ripcord jump from their plane, they are captured by Cobra in a cloud bank. Cobra tests a new weapon called High Freak on Junkyard, created by a Dr. Lucifer, that allows Cobra to control animals. They take control of Junkyard and sick him on Mutt. Lucifer is helping Cobra on the grounds that they help free his lady fair, Attila. With a successful test, Cobra then uses High Freak on, anim- on various animals controlling them. Cobra demands a list of prisoners be released, or he'll launch his creatures at them. Cobra frees Professor Attila and takes her to Lucifer and Cobra Commander. A very friendly Attila tips Lucifer off that she is a fraud. Apparently, Attila is a real bitch. <laughs> Scarlet uses a hit and risk calm to let the Joes know where she is located. Flint sends Spirit and Snake Eyes to free our Joe as they commence their attack on Cobra HQ. Before Junkyard can tear Mutt's throat out, Scarlet destroys the high-freak equipment. Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes captures Lucifer, who gets to share a cell with the b- Attila. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on. Let's get some thoughts on this episode. Um, let's go and start with Kevin. Kevin, what are your thoughts on on this episode? This was one when when I look back at a lot of these cartoon episodes. This is one that always stuck out to me because it's the one with the animals and the Joes and their animals. You know, they all got together and got to have an adventure here. And remember those army men that had the little cheap parachutes. I may have attached one to my uh, junkyard <laughs> action figure to see if I could recreate this scene, and I did. Um, and then the novelty was done. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this is the one with the, the creatures, and uh, I, I you know things like uh, you, I love the GI Joe hang gliders. 
that were in this. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Mutt uh, wrestled an alligator to, to save uh, his uh, possessed <laughs> uh, junkyard. And I love the fact that Spirit and Snake Eyes were able to uh, infiltrate this Cobra stronghold by pretending to be prisoners of Timber and Freedom. So I thought that was pretty cool. Dr. Lucifer, that was kind of interesting, uh, bad guy. But, uh, you know, this is this was one of the this is one of the episodes where I really fell in love with the animals even more because I'm a big animal guy. And I love the and it's funny, too, because I remember I was having a conversation with my daughter because uh, she, she saw me bring out some of my old Joes. And she was fascinated by the fact that some of the characters had pets. And so we were trying to go over all the characters that had pets, and I remember bringing out my Croc Master and stuff like that, and it just made for a fun conversation. And I love the fact that there was an episode that highlighted the pets. And uh, but you know, I just felt bad for a Junkyard because he got kind of tortured. You know, he went through a lot, and you know, it, it you could tell how much Mutt loves Junkyard and and the stuff that he had to go through. So this was one of the more memorable ones for me, and uh, it's it's one of the ones that I like. Very good. And Jared, what are your thoughts on this? You know I'm going to read through my bullet-pointed notes, so go ahead and start whatever music and or timer you want to. All right. Oh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Cobra's Creatures. Here's my notes as they appear chronologically throughout the episode. First thing is a question. Is this real life a free-fall dog test? How often is this needed? One of the best scenes ever, man. <laughs> I mean, you've given me a new layer, Kevin, to know that someone went out there and did it. Junkyard was a trooper. He was taking it. He was loving it. How, how come the dog doesn't have a mass to breathe? Wouldn't you think he needs some sort of oxygen? You wanted to see the smile in his eyes. <laughs> he just, he's sitting there with his lips flapping in the, like a dog with his head out the window. <laughs> Okay, next bullet point. Well, Jared, there real, is Jared, a, real quick, you are a military what? expert here. Yeah. Would that happen? Yeah. Is is there a – do they need they, parachute they animals? They two F-14s just to test the dog parachute. That's a real thing. They, <laughs> there, there is special forces that actually jump out with their dogs. That's so, true. That's, you know – I don't know. Dogs have their own little doggy masks, you know. I don't know. I don't know if they have to drop to a certain uh, altitude so they're okay. So I, that's a big question for a special forces guy. Or at least yeah, put some goggles on his eyes. That's above my pay grade. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right, continue. All right, guys. Uh, there is a lot of open floor space in that castle, and I mean a lot of open floor space in that castle. Uh, I, my next note says, Dr. Lucifer, huh? Okay, I get why no figure was ever made. Mommy, mommy, can I please have a Dr. Lucifer? <laughs> what kind of cartoon is this? Oh, goodness. Uh, what did I put here? I got to read my own handwriting. So instead of using actual dog bark, oh, instead of at- using actual dog barking effects, they have obviously had a person doing the dog barking sounds. That tripped me up. <laughs> I think we all saw this note coming. High Freak was my nickname in college. Uh, let's see. I just made a general note. Mutt takes a lot of beatings. Like, every time he says something, the Cobra Troops beat the hell out of him. And then the dog beats the hell out of him. He's Mutt. Do you blame him? Goodness gracious. Uh, this note was just for me because it amused me. Once the Junkyard got possessed, I put, there is no Junkyard, only Zool. That just amused me. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the simple animal-shaped interface of the High Freak system. 
<laughs> it reminds me of when McDonald's used to have just pictures of the food on the <laughs> um, I love the fact that they have time for bug puns during the, the locust duel. Like, everybody got a bug pun in. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up with these notes I made last night that I don't remember making. I wrote, Lucifer and Attila remind me of my own marriage. <laughs> I'm sure we're all thinking the same thing. Oh, this scenario. is one I think we were all thinking as well. You know when he was when Scarlet got captured, they were like, put her in the dungeon. You know when she went down there, she was like, oh, hey, what's up, Duke? Oh, wait, you're not dead. <laughs> 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 we're still skating, <laughs> And I was going to mention that. That's why Duke is more cooler. Because it's like alternate Duke in the comic book. Oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, only a couple left. I got, okay, the spider thing creeped me out. Uh, I always love those hang gliders, so eye to eye there, Kevin. Those hang gliders are dope. Yeah. Uh, I could watch a Freedom and Timber team-up TV show all day. Uh, just to watch that bird ride on that, that wolf's back, I'd pay money for that. It's just sad when he had to take away Timber's lunch to prove that there was piranhas in the thing. I know. <laughs> Timber's like, I'm going on a mission with it. It's belly. And, and Snake Eye's just willing, willing to jump in. It's like, okay, it's time to swim now. <laughs> well, Snake Eye's going to say nothing. I, I'm glad this is my last note because I think it sums up my feelings on the episode overall. I wrote, I thought Junkyard's love for his uh, buddy Mutt would overcome the programming, but no, that did not happen. Not so much love there, yeah. apparently. Yeah, I was like, oh, at some point, the love of this dog for his buddy there is going to overcome. And I was wrong, and I was saddened and a little disappointed. That's it for my notes. Uh, as usual, I appreciate you guys. Did, did you like the episode? I did. I think overall <laughs> I did. There was enough wackiness to make it fun and any episode where someone else is in the dungeon with scarlet it's got to be standout <laughs> <laughs> who i don't who was in the dungeon who was down there it's airborne airborne right she's like what the hell are you doing here and he's like do do we make out now or i don't i don't know <laughs> i expect to see duke, duke down here tell you, hi <laughs> duke says hey he's in the can he'll be back in five minutes <laughs> it'll be along shortly <laughs> Anyway, that's it. Thanks for entertaining me, fellas. And I did enjoy this wacky episode overall. Uh, okay. Who have we not heard from you? <laughs> Got sidetracked there. Um, Pat, I'd like we've heard your thoughts on this episode. Well, you know, I, I don't think I have a lot more to say than what's been said already. But um, this just was a roller coaster of emotions just, you know, with animals. I agree this was a really good episode with the animal love here. Seeing Snake Eyes and Timber and freedom in spirit and then you had junkyard uh mutt and junkyard by the by the just a whole this a whole emo, emotional roller coaster i was just man i was just dog tired at the end <laughs> you went on that whole walk you went on that whole walk for a dog tired. <laughs> that was a long oh, trip you, for that joke I love you, Pat. oh well you know i try Good one, Pat. Yeah. Good one. I, I, I knew it was good. We got, we got to give it to Pat for, for making that journey for that joke. <laughs> he put in the miles. Uh, but it was, you know, wasn't it really an entertaining episode uh, as far as the, yeah, Dr. Lucifer or Professor, I don't know, I can't even remember what it is, Lucifer. Dr. Lucifer. Yeah. And and his, uh, he's naming off all these really when Cobra Commanders, I want these people let go. I want these really powerful people. And then yeah, give me this Dr. Uh, Attila, too. You know, like she's some really bad person. What did she really do? I, they didn't really say. Previous hookup. 
As far as why she was captured, just her name alone. Yeah. Tell it, Lucifer. There's a sitcom title for you. Uh, and then I didn't know that. Is it true that you can actually autopilot those planes and they can just kind of fly like? <laughs> I was glad to see that because at first I thought they were going to actually crash two F 14s to test the damn dog parachute. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty cool, you know? I'm like, why, why do you need to have everybody fly these planes when you can just have one person with, you know, three planes and you can shoot everybody? What's the sound like again? Right, that is what it sounds like. <laughs> is that plane shooting or is that a transformer? <laughs> Other than that, I, I think they've already said enough in front of it, so I enjoyed it. And Brad, have we heard from you on this one yet? No, no. And But, you know, as as Jared 2.0, I had to take a cue from the original Jared, the great Jared, and no. my own notes, which I got. Yeah, here. <laughs> I'm liking this. Um, Slowly getting Jerry out of here. Did anyone else find it funny that for all about G.I. Joe being an elite team of highly trained special missions forces that seemingly anyone can pilot a Sky Striker? Like Mutt the K-9 has somehow in his spare time when not being a dog handler managed to you know, get his license. They're, they're all checked out for, put, put, put in the requisite number of hours to, to be allowed to take a Sky Striker out. That's why they're in G.I. Joe? That's this is Joe. This is Joe logic we're talking about here. But come on, and the the the, the, the as Kevin I think already pointed out the the all ejecting from the planes to test these newfangled parachutes because we've never seen a parachute deployed in a single episode of GI Joe up until this point. Of course, <laughs> who's flying? Who is flying the planes? And if the planes can fly and land themselves, why do we have pilots? And there's just so many questions to be to be asked there. Uh, but we've all touched on Dr. Lucifer. You know, we don't expect Joe cartoons to traffic in the art of the subtle. But again, you know, maybe Dr. Maybe Dr. Satan was too on the nose. Um, but I will give props to Dr. Dr. Lucifer being all in with his evil. Because usually on G.I. Joe, it's like a bunch of brainwashed scientists who are working for Cobra you know, against their will. Or they've, they've kidnapped the head scientist's daughter and... He's they're they're performing these these evil deeds for Cobra, but no, he's he's all in. He just wants to free his imprisoned and equally nefarious Doctor Attila and get it <laughs> on with like her, him. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my question would be, and this is just an overall one: is what must it be like being an ordinary Joe, haha, in a world where of, of GI Joe, where your TV watching is interrupted by yet another broadcast from Cobra Commander. <laughs> you know, hissing citizens of the world and Cobra Commander. I'm going to go know, make a like, sandwich. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, God, like, oh, no. You know, are they changing the channel to oh, man. MTV or it's Night a, Court? Or like, I'm going to go play outside. I mean, it's the season finale of The Patchler. Now I'm not going to know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God, not again. You know, in, in our world, like, the cable's out or there's a satellite <laughs> feed disruption here is like, oh, it's Cobra Commander again. What's he going on about now? What, you know, what, is, you know what, 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 what horrible, goofy plot is he unleashing upon us all? I see a couple of no-names in the background taking bets, you know. Okay, what's he threatening us to this time? Yeah. <laughs> Got 20. Got the, yeah. He's built the weather down here. You bet our over an oil processing plant. You yeah. win. Lions yeah. an oil processing plant. <laughs> or it's like a color-coded terror alert or something like that. Like, oh, Cobra Commander again. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Interrupting the interrupting the big game, but 
And with Spirit and Snake Eyes, their heroic hang glide in to save the day, they made one crucial error in judgment in which I think because they brought their pets Freedom and Timber with them to the castle, where Cobra has a ray that makes animals attack. I was expecting something a little more there, but uh, they didn't really quite uh, follow through on that. But this is a deeply, deeply silly episode. It makes the previous silly episode, Jungle Trap, look like Heart of Darkness. <laughs> uh, I think I burst the blood vessel. I was laughing so much, but uh, you know, this is like a five out of five cartoon show episode for me. I think I was ridiculously entertained through the whole thing. This is kind of what you watch this cartoon for, was just just mm-hmm. so outlandish, so silly, just so all over the place. But it was a lot of fun. I think it really had you there, too, when uh, Junkyard was down and after that last kind of fight, and then you know he's on the ground whimpering, and then Mutt comes up to him and says, Oh, buddy, are you all right? Oh, please be all right. And all of a sudden, he turns around on him like, psych. <laughs> it's the point in the story. I thought it was going to, like, the love was going to yeah. overcome. Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah, I want to chime my thoughts. But what's what you guys have said? It, it was a good. It was a good episode. It was you know, GI Joe. It's the cartoon. It's not the comic, so it's not as serious. Uh, yeah, Doctor. I'm going to mention you guys have done the same thing. Doctor Lucifer, Professor Attila, a little spot on there. Um, yeah, much like uh, Jared was saying, I was expecting you know jo- Junkyard's love of Mutt to win the end. Apparently, it shows us that while Mutt loves Junkyard, I don't think that feeling is re- reciprocated. <laughs> That's just another meal to get to Junkyard. <laughs> Punch me out of an airplane, will you? <laughs> Maybe that's where it comes from. It does. I don't need to be a jump parachute out of an airplane. What's your problem? <laughs> just give me a reason to eat you. <laughs> and yeah, I, I wonder why they didn't. I wonder why they didn't have shipwreck and Polly. Well, he was probably off doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> My best shipwreck. <laughs> Yeah, he was probably on another mission, or he was doing, you know, another mission at some other Dundestra, who knows. But, but yeah, uh, Lucifer and Attila's relationship, uh, you know, Scarlet comes in, all, oh, my love, and you like, this woman's, my Attila, you know, my wow, old woman hates my guts, well, get her out of here, it's a fake. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very good relationship there, but eh, what do I, I've been divorced, I, 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 I've been there. Uh <laughs> but no, you guys have pretty much covered, you know, most of my thoughts and most of my my thoughts on this issue or this episode. Uh, you know, we've made the obligatory, obligatory comment that Duke should have been in the jail cell. And, yeah, like I say, Attila and what's his name? Satan. I mean, Lucifer gets to carry out. They live in the jail cell together. Their loving romance of her hating him. And I wonder if maybe she was going to be his captive or something with the relationship. When he got thrown in there, too, she's just up against the wall, like staring, giving him the side eye. Like, oh, man, I'm going to. Yeah, I don't know if that's because he failed or just because she doesn't like him at all. And that's why maybe it's a uh, maybe she was going to be his captive and they're actually lovers. It's He loves her. That's, and That's hot. <laughs> uh, we know Jared's got someone in his cell, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> but. Yeah, I see you guys have covered all the major highlights of this. It was a good episode. I do. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't the most serious of episodes, but then again, which ones are? Uh, we'll get to those, though. <laughs> so anyone have any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, Kevin, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, 
No, not really that we haven't already said. Like I said, it, it's one it, – you know, when you – like I said, when you look back on all the G.I. Joe cartoons, there's a there's several of them that jump out and you remember. And, and this is definitely one of those. And, uh, it, you know, one thing that I've always liked about the cartoons was that they highlighted a lot of characters and gave them personality that the comics not necessarily did. And so that when you were playing with your G.I. Joe toys, sometimes you would take from what – at least I did. I would take what I've gotten from the comics, but a lot from what uh, the cartoon would give to your characters. And that was one of the reasons why I became a huge Shipwreck fan because of what the cartoon did for Shipwreck right. as opposed to what the uh, um, the comic did. And this was one of those uh, episodes that made me really kind of be more fond of my Mutt and Junkyard as well as my Snake Eyes and, and Timber, you know, and, and loved having, having those pets. Very nice. And Brad, either final thoughts on this episode? Aside from it being a deeply silly one, no. It's a lot of fun, though. I, I, I would definitely put it in one of the top single episode Joe stories. You know, it's not as epic as the as the multi part ones or even right. two part ones, but it but it, it, it's it's never dull. And you know, the, the worst crime any any story could can commit is being just dull and kind of tuning out while watching it. But I was engaged through the whole thing. And Pat, any final thoughts on this episode? No, no. I think it's uh, Kevin kind of said it good it, it, there as well too. It's just a good solid episode having the animals there made you um, really kind of have a heart for everything that was going on. And there is that separation between cartoon and comic. Um, and I think I mix it up when I got the voices, when I read the comic, right. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has that, you know, now when you read a, read the comic, I'm always hearing the cartoon voices to go along with. Oh yeah, it, definitely. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's just that kind of blend of the world, which really makes it fun. You know, you have a little more a realistic side or, you know, semi-realistic in the comics, and you have that fun side. So it's a good blend between the two. And, Jared, any final thoughts on this episode? I think I've spent enough time on my thoughts. It was a fun one. Uh, and uh, looking forward to more. That's it. Very good. Well, let's, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you guys. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Hey, Kyle, I hear that you are one of the co-founders of the Fandom Podcast Network. It's funny. I've heard the same rumor about you, Kevin. We also have Norman C. Lau. He's also our fellow uh, co-founder of the Fandom Podcast Network. And we've got some great shows on the network. Yeah, absolutely we do. And it starts with our weekly show, Culture Clash, which brings you all the latest in news, reviews, and what other crazy stuff we can think of, hosted, of course, by myself and you, Kevin. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Get all of your weekly news there. We also have the Highlander podcast called Bloody Kings that Norman and I co-host, and we cover all things Highlander. And we also have Discoville, where we cover Star Trek Discovery and the Orville. What else we got, Kyle? Oh, of course, we've got the Time Warp, which is a great look back on different periods throughout fandom history. Um, you lead up the charge on that, Kevin, uh, from the films of the 80s to music to everything. It's, it's a great look back on some popular things in fandom. Yes. And speaking of looking back on fandom, we have Couch Potato Theater, where we look back on all those great movies that you do not get off the couch for. 
Even though it's on television, you might have that Blu-ray or deluxe edition sitting on your shelf. But we also have a little suspense going on as well, don't we? Absolutely. We have Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, of course, hosted by our good friend Brandon Shane Matala, as well as Tom Codwell and Chris High. And they bring you all the history of the master of suspense himself, Alfred Hitchcock. We also love to support other fandoms like sports. And Kyle, you and I are big football fans. We also have the End Zone, an NFL podcast. Yep, covering everything with the, whether it's the football regular season, the off season, or even your fantasy football teams. And, you know, we bash Kevin's Raiders quite well on that show. That's true. And we also hate your Chiefs, but we also do some really good, mediocre fantasy football advice. And last but not least on the network, we also have the Hair Metal Podcast with myself as the host, looking back at all of those metal bands that uh, that made some type of impact during the mid to late 80s. Anyway, Kyle, that's it. Fandom Podcast Network. Yep. Rocking it. Check us out. Yep. And like I said, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our own homepage at fpnet.podbean.com. Kyle, if you wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do so? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at akylew, or you can always email the Phantom Podcast Network at phantompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Where can they find you on the social media, Kevin? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. As you always say, Kyle, enjoy your fandom and search for the Phantom Podcast Network. things pile up in the DVR, we add them to our queues, we wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays, we time shift. The Time Shifters podcast, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Trekker Talk fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. We'll be discussing the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci-fi adventure series, as well as having side conversations about other areas of fandom. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back streets of New Gallif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Trekker Talk is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Now back to G.I. Joe. And welcome back from the break. The guys are off getting some Yo Joe Colas, restocking my fridge. Every time they over, they drink everything. Anyway, while they're restocking the fridge for me, let's go and take a look at the uh, post box, The Pit. We're going to start out on Twitters. Twitters? Twitter. We have, again, this is our long list, but again, I like to read off these names. These are people that support the show, either retweeting or liking or commenting on my posts. Uh, again, these are the people on Twitter. Uh, ACR at high. Lethality. There's action tray. I'm sorry, action figure trays at foam trays. Amanda Bean at Valderone Designs. 
Big Easy 77 at 77 underscore big. That's with two G's. Chris Michio at Chris Michio. Derek at Duke 45 Toys. European Joes at European Joes. European Joes is a great group. Check them out. Check out their Twitter. Uh, they support us all the time. I appreciate them. G.I. Joburg at G.I. Joburg. Another group that, that's always following and liking and commenting on us. So I love them. Uh, Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. Green Lantern HG, he's always there on top. Another great poster uh, guy on Twitter. I love Green Lantern HG. He's always supporting me. And uh, what can I say? Uh, Guile at Asset Set Fruit Kid. That's A S E T S E T F R U U K I D. Uh, then there's H O F. Sorry, it's H O C O F at H O C O F. There's Homeschool Film School at Daily James Hib. Thanks, James. You're another big supporter of the podcast. I appreciate everything you guys do for us. Into the Weird at Into Weird. There's J L Lamastus at Shade of Jeremy. Joe, which is an Endor Pizza Guy. Joe on Joe Podcast, which is Joe on Joe Pod. Another great uh, Twitter handle that's always following us, always liking us and mentioning us in their comments. Appreciate it, guys. Joe Fest Toy and Comic, which is at Joe Fest Toy Comic. There's KIHTP at GI Joe Podcast. I love the name by itself. Very good. Christatos at Christatos01. Horrible guy. He never supports the show. He never comes on top. No, that's our, that's our buddy, Pat Sampson. Definitely check out Christatos. Lee Wolf at Lee Wolf 55167410. Then there's Leanne Aldwalt at Aldwalt Liz. Longbox Crusade at Longbox Crusade. That's Pat's show. Definitely a great show. Check them out. Lude, that's L O D. And he's at Tiny Rubber Robot. Martin Micaeus, that's M A C I A S. Micaeus, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. And that's at Martin Macas 17. Nega Z Man at Nega Z Man. Philip Barnes at, well, Philip Barnes. Relatively Geeky at Relatively underscore Geeky. That's our, professor, that's our buddy, Professor Alan Milton. Great guy, great shows. Check out the Relatively Geeky. Yeah, try it again. The Relatively Geeky Network. RGR at Romel Grios. Ron Wright's Love Child at Duck. Bozard, Ryan Daly at Ryan Daly 01. He knew who that is. Thanks, Ryan. Love you, man. Scott Smith at Red Dog Senior. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast at Sean42AZ. Talking Joe Comics at Talking Joe. The File Card Podcast at File Card Podcast. The Full Force Podcast at The Full Force. Hammer Strikes, Randomly Geeky Stuff, which is at Hammer Strikes. That's our buddy, Gene Hendricks. Uh, he used to have some great shows. He's kind of backed off on podcasting a little bit, but he still has his website out there. Check it out. The Viper Podcast, which is at Viper Pit Pod. Tim Price at Tim Price 17. Turd Ferguson. I don't know about that name, but anyways, which is at two. That's the number two. Turd Ferguson. Tyler Holt at Tyler Slam. Weasel Skull at Weasel Skull. That's our old buddy, Jason Albrick. Jared's uh, 
poor misfortunate brother that didn't get anything. <laughs> Wheelie's World at Alan P. Whelan. YT at YT74. And comments on the Twitter. Uh, there's only one I want to read off. This is from Green Lantern HG on the Christmas episode. He said at Green Lantern, I'm sorry, G.I. Joe Headcast, at Weaselcast, at Christatos1, and Battleballs. Don't know if he's on Twitter. Uh, Battleballs is the Ryan Daily 01 or 01. Take a bow, gents. Great episode. You touched on some of my favorite Joes. I'll give you a hint. And he showed a picture which had, uh, it was CoverGirl, Airborne, Destro, and Duke on it. Thanks, Green Lantern HG. You're a great guy. Appreciate all your support on the shows. Uh, thank you. Then moving over to Facebook. Again, just a list of names. We have Aaron Henley, Abel Badilla, Anthony Bellatoni, Bill Busha, Bourne Koopman. Sorry for messing that up. Bjorn. Brad Withers, Bradford William, Chad Higby, Chris Gall. Uh, he's from over on the uh, G.I. Joe uh, Canada Collectors page. Great guy. Christopher Doherty, Clinton Robinson. That's our buddy from our, comics and, our Coffee and Comics podcast. Great guy with a great show. Darren Kohler. He's one of the main guys over at the uh, G.I. Joe Canada Collectors Club. He supports me in all my madness and insanity. I thank you very much for your assistance, Darren. Uh, previous Soldier of the Month, he got me the, uh, the Joy of Joe book I talked about that was signed by... Larry Hama, Jim Beard, and all the others that was involved with it. Again, appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. You've got a great page. Uh, you're a great Joe fan, and I appreciate all your support, buddy. David A. Pascarella, David Cabal, G.I. Joe Reference Guide to Vehicle Weapons and Tech, our buddy Gene Hendricks I talked about earlier, Hal Jordan, another great supporter on Facebook, Henry Self, Ivan Chudley, Chudley Jack Wilson, Jason Pullett, Jeff Mole, Jesus Hector Rodriguez, Jim Beard. Thanks, Jim. You're a great guy. I've talked about him. I've talked with him on the show. He was the editor of the Joy of Joe book. If you haven't checked that out yet, check out on Amazon. A Joy of Joe, edited by Jim Beard. It's a great book. I loved it. Some stories made me laugh. Some brought tears to my eye. It's just a great. If you love GI Joe, you love the history of Joe, and you want to hear about other people and their love of Joe, check out Jim's Joy. Uh, Joy of Joe book. Uh, the next one is... Oh, I'm going to mess this up. Jaoa Costa. That's J-O-A-O. Last name's Costa. Next one is Joey Edward Crouch. Jonathan Schaefer-Hames. Uh, Jonathan's a great guy. I had him on my show once before. Uh, he's got the Married with uh, Comics podcast. It's a great show. Check it out. Jonathan's a great guy. Uh, Jason... I'm sorry. Joseph Block is the next one. Joshua Hayek, Ken Tomlin, Kermit Ford, Kevin N. Reitzel. You guys have heard him on this show. Uh, thanks, Kevin. M. Anthony Gerardo, or Mag, as I call him, from the Unite DC Comics Project. Great guy. Great taste in comics. Uh, thanks for the support, uh, Mag. Appreciate it, man. Matt Anderson, Michael Dowie, Michael Olmstead, Michael F uh, Fife? Fife? I messaged your name up, Michael. I'm sorry. He's a great comics writer, artist. Check him out. In fact, I've got some stuff on the... Uh, he's got a G.I. Joe book coming out soon. I mentioned on the G.I. Joe Facebook page. Check it out. Milo Pantone. Mobile Strike Force. Mike Horsley. Pat Sampson. You know who you are, Pat. 
DJ Christatos or Peppy Pat, as we call him around here sometimes. Uh, the next one is R. Carson Matekis, Ranger Gord, Richard Blake, Samuel Myers, Scott Lane, The Irredeemable Shag, Terry Dizzard, The Long Box Crusade, The Real 1980s, Todd Krizak, Vincent Foley, Vincent Miles, and finally, Wolfman Cap. Again, it was a long list of people. I appreciate all you guys for all your help, your support, all of your uh, your feedback, everything you guys do for the show. I don't have any emails or anything else, though, more recent, so we're going to end it there on that. Again, if you guys want to hear your name read, leave us Twitter, Facebook. Send us an email to gijoe at headspeaks.com. Again, gijoe at headspeaks.com. You can either send us an email... If you want to send us an MP3, an MP3 file, I can play it on the air. Uh, whatever you let us know. Again, as I'll say later, I'm going to say it now. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. If I if you've left us something, I didn't mention it, please let me know. Again, especially when sometimes it takes a month or two to get to these. Sometimes I miss things. I try my best, but let me know if I missed you. Uh, if you left me a review... And you're outside of America, send me an email or a notice on Facebook or something. Let me know the way Apple Podcast does things. Sometimes I may miss those if you're out of the country. I appreciate every single one of you. You guys are all great fans, great listeners. I appreciate all your support. And here come the guys back. Uh, so since they're back, let's go ahead and let's take a look at this month's Soldier of the Month. Uh <laughs> Uh, again, we're on for the people out there in, in podcast world. I, we're skyping this a video, so we get Jared sitting there crossing his fingers. We get Doctor Mindbender on another screen looking at me. <laughs> maybe it's do, me, Doctor Mindbender. Maybe this video is a bad idea. But come on, uh, come on. and then we get Alf. <laughs> I love these guys. But my soldier of the month this month, he's one of the unsung heroes of the GI Joe. A real American headcast. headcast. Uh, he never complains. He's. Uh, I'm just gonna stop it. it Jared Albrick, well, you yes, are our soldier yes. of the month. Yes. <laughs> what? I appreciate Woo. everything you, you've been there for quite a while, Jared. You've been helping us out. I, I appreciate everything you've done for us. You are the soldier of the month this month. To our soldier of the month, us here at the GI Joe Real American Headcast team, we salute you. Oh, you do it just so And I got time. It was the pity vote. I will take it. I will take yeah. it. <laughs> no, you... more enthusiasm. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you've been here Good for one, quite Jared. a while. Good you one. helped out whenever you can. You show up when you can. So I appreciate everything, man. Ah, man, I love doing this with you guys. I look forward to it. Yeah, you get your humorous, your humorous take on things. You get your, uh, you've always got a list for us. So we, we appreciate that. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much. I have so many people I want to thank. How much time is left in the show? We're done. So, Jared, <laughs> unless you have any final thoughts on either the episode or the issue, anything else you want to say about either of them? No, I'm All good. All right. Well, don't you tell people about their podcast land if they want to make the same mistake I've done and find out more about you and listen to more you talk more. Uh, where can they find you at? You can find me on pretty much all your social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at Yard Sale Artist. I've got a channel called On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast where we do James Bond stuff. By stuff, I mean podcasts. I'm also over on another network, but I'll let Pat take it from there. 
Well, let's go hear about that. Pat, where can they find more about you at? Well, they want to find more about me and Jared. We're on the Longbox Crusade network and you can find there where we're doing a couple different shows we have Longbox crusade we have crusader chronicles where we're going chronologically through my comic book collection we're in 1977 right now having some fun there uh, we also have another show called saturday matinee theater where we're going through 1954 sherlock holmes episodes as well as we just started doing some flash gordon episodes as well too and that is every other every Saturday we're alternating between the two episodes, and uh, we have what, Jerry? We have Action Force or Action Film Face Off as well. Did you mention that? No, I didn't. I because it fell under the umbrella of Longbox Crusade. Okay, well, go ahead and say that one. Okay, Action Film Face Off. Back to you, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> And we got quite a lot of other things going on over on the Longbox Crusade. So just stop on by and. Uh, check us out there and you can find me on the twitter at christatos01 and kevin where can they find you at buddy uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at spartan underscore phoenix and of course you can find me on the fandom podcast network our master feed is at fpnet.podbean.com where we've got of a we got a plethora of fun podcasts uh many of that i uh co-host myself like uh oh gosh uh you know the highlander podcast bloody kings for highlander fan i also got uh the hair metal podcast we got end zone yeah uh, we've got Star Trek Discovery and Orville podcast, Discoville. We've got Time Warp, Couch Potato Theater, and, of course, our flagship show, our uh, weekly show called Culture Clash with your weekly uh, uh, nerdy news and a uh, bunch of others, too. So, yeah, please check it out. Fandom Podcast Network on all of your uh, podcast catchers. And, Brad, where can people find more about you? You can find me at my creatively titled website, bradabraham.com. And I'm going to be a guest of Boscone 56 next month. It's February 15th to 17th in Boston, Massachusetts. It's the longest-running sci-fi fantasy convention in New England, and it's my first time attending. And if you're there, come out and say hi. If you're a Joe fan, definitely come out and say hi. And if you uh, are a big fan of Zartan and his dreadnoughts, it'll be Pistols at Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Pistols and and buzz saws and large blades and blowtorches and flamethrowers. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Brad. I'm glad you've been able to be on up to this point. No. <laughs> jokes got the jokes. Anyway, as far, as far as me, you can find me here on the Headcast Network. I do have my shows, uh, the Headcast or Head Speaks. I talk about comics and movies, TV shows, anything nerdy that I want to talk about. I'm in the final stages of my Armageddon 2001 crossover, where I'm looking at the the DC crossover Armageddon 2001. I've also got the G.I. Joe Royal American Headcast, which you're listening to now. There's Task Force X, which I look at the Suicide Squad and the Checkmate books from the late 80s, early 90s. And also from the same time frame, I have the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. So definitely uh, check out those shows. Let me know what you guys think. In fact, if you guys are listening to this show, uh, go on to uh, either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, and give us a rating. Give us a review. Let us know. I'm sure the guys would like to hear from you guys, too. Uh, let us know what you guys think about the show. And uh, I guess that'll do it. Until next month, remember, knowing is half the battle. Yo, yo. Yo, Is that a real dog? Or it's, I can't tell. <laughs>
Don't get too close. He's going to bite you. <laughs> if anyone can stop Joe, it's that hat. Evil master of the Changes color before your eyes. Away slowly. He tried to bite me. Never try to pet an animal you don't know. He may be lost, sick, or scared. You mean he might be dangerous? That's right. If we don't know, we leave him alone. And we don't get bit. Now I know. And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, is available monthly on iTunes, Stitcher, and at headspeaks.com. All characters and stories are owned and trademarked by the respective owners. We claim no ownership other than our opinions. All audio and images are used for entertainment purposes and falls under fair use. We make no money from this headcast. For more of the monthly G.I. Joe, check out the IDW series. For the stories we're covering, look for the comics and trade paperbacks. Let us know what you think. Send us an email letting us know your thoughts. Joe's dismissed. Yo, Joe. Well, well, it just really, every hey. time I fart, it just burned. Hello? <laughs> Jared Albrick, the art soldier guy. guy in the house. Yo, Joe. Does that sound any better? Meh. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Adjust my mic settings. The mic sounds nice. My mic that, sounds that sound nice. Does that sound any better? <laughs> Mike sounds nice. Check one. Yo, Joe. Okay. Got something from trying to call you. Then who the hell are we talking to? I don't know. It's coming from the future. The call is coming from inside the house, <laughs> Matt. Oh, crap. I'm trying to... There, there's, Downstairs. There's Brad. There's Brad. Hey. It's getting hey, sexy in here. Waiting for Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy and he knows it.
Yo, Joe. I enjoyed your uh, interview with Zoom. I finally oh, thank get around you. to listening to. He's. I got so many podcasts to listen to. It's like. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. There's some I don't listen to just because I don't have the time. But all that long box silliness. <laughs> I heard so. that action film face off is the place to be these days. You know, I haven't even gotten around to that. In fact, I haven't finished. I haven't finished the Twelve Days of Christmas. I'm still working on those and. Yeah, right. Twelve Days of Crusade Miss. I've got. Uh, Michael Bailey had like half a dozen Christmas episodes. I'm like, stop it, people. I only have so much time. <laughs> you just move that Bailey cat well, to the back, back burner Bailey. That's what to, we call To the back of the line. <laughs> Yo, Joe. I think you should save all this audio and say this is what it sounds like when Mainframe is on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What are the properties? <laughs> if I right click. Yo, Joe. So we're going to do episode 24 finally. Again. After technical difficulties. I mean, yes, me and Brad recorded it last time, and for some reason it only recorded my end of the conversation. Oh, so this is your second attempt to do this one? So this is my second attempt, uh-huh. yes. So what do you think about this, Brad? Dead silence. What the hell? <laughs> silence, silence. You should have let me know, man. I could have put in audio for that for you. We made a great episode. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could, you could, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> would have been something. Yo, Joe. Pat, Jared, Kevin, and Brad. I've got the big brain on Brad. I think that every time we do the show. It's, it's brain look, brain. look at that sexy brain on Brad. <laughs> Yo, Joe. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to stall for time and... Uh, <laughs> feed and, your uh, cat. <laughs> I swear yeah, give me just one second. I know. Let me, can we kill the cat real quick? Give me just one second. Applause here. <laughs> Shut the hell up, cat. Sounds like there's a catastrophe going on over there. Oh, wink, wink. Yeah. That was perfect, Patrick. Oh, Kill the cat It's got eight more lives, right? <laughs> It's my cat. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> Yo, Joe. Uh, one question. Soldier of the Month. Yes, is it possible to win more than one? Uh, I'm not going to say would no, but... <laughs> <laughs> is the sweet parking spot out there at your house? The sweet parking sweet spot? I can't speak. Yes, the parking spot is still right. open. I love it. Uh, come on by and... The spot's open for you, and you can sit back and enjoy and watch a little TV. And uh, hopefully, Cobra Commander doesn't bust in while we're trying to watch TV with his stupid <laughs> ass plan. <laughs> oh, he will. It's what he does. I've got lions at the oil refinery. Did he just say lions <laughs> at the oil <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Buzz Dixon, and you're listening to GI Joe, a real American headcast. Yo, Joe!